Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we just pray 
for the families, that we pray that nothing happens to all those who are just in this storm. We pray that people will know that you said, be still and know that I am God. We thank you, Lord, for Ms. Jamison coming on tonight, Lord, sharing with us her story and giving us information about what she does, how she does it, and who she does it for, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for our listeners, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the man and the mirror ministry, Lord. We will never fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise. And we ask all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And Ms. Jamison, we just want to welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Excellent. And I'm just going to read some information because this lady has a long descriptive going on, but I'm going to let her give us the 411 of who Ms. Sharon Jamison is. As an entrepreneur, author, speaker, visionary, and life strategist, Sharon Jamison has been teaching principles of love and self-empowerment for more than 25 years. Her career journey has taken her from owning a fitness studio to managing multi-million dollar account for an international biotechnology firm. She most recently founded the Jameson Group, a leadership training and development company specializing in personal transformation and relational healing. As a life strategist, Sharon uses her creativity and passion to design coaching programs for individuals, couples, and or small groups. Her programs are created to help her clients set goals, develop a plan of action, and achieve the tangible results they desire. And I can go on and on and on, but we're going to actually bring Ms. Jamison back on and let her tell, tell us about herself. And I'm going to first start off, you know, Ms. Jamison, tell us how first your beginnings of how you got into got to where you are now. Sure. Thank you so much first for having me on your show. I am just so honored and so humbled for the opportunity. So thank you. Um I have oh, to say so my welcome. journey uh started probably when I was a little girl. My father's a minister, grew up in the church. So I always had an understanding at a young age that I would be involved in some way in ministry in the church or outside of church. And um, so I always had this desire to not only help people but heal people because I realized that many times when people had emotional or spiritual wounds, because that's what's happened in my life, that they started sabotaging their relationships and sabotaging their jobs and really sabotaging their own happiness. So I, I was always interested in healing work. And then based on my own personal experiences, I have a, a history because of some challenges that I had growing up as a child, had some challenges with my own uh, trauma and drama that left me in a debilitating depression. And after working through my own healing, it made me more committed to working with other people because I realized being in that pain really disrupted my life. It made me make a lot of bad decisions. I I allowed bad people in my life, and I sabotaged all of my success because I felt small. I felt worthless. So just because of 
the upbringing in church and, and also my own experiences, I knew I wanted to do some type of healing work. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I always knew somehow that I was going to be led to do this work. So I'm so glad that I have had the opportunity to do so. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> and that's a, you had a lot going on. And I want to back up a little bit, you know, because you are a PK. You know, people, you know, PK, everybody thinks the PK kids are always, you know, preacher's kids. They always think the preacher's kids are, you know, they're spoiled, they're rotten, they get to do whatever they want. So were you <laughs> one of those PKs? No, it's really interesting. I think people think that PKs, um, I think it's a very lonely life being a preacher's child. I think that we were held up to expectations that that were really unattainable. I believe that in our family we lived in a, in a glass house that people used us as as benchmarks when we shouldn't have not been. So we were not really allowed to be human, and as a result, that we could not talk about our issues. And so instead of living in a happy home, we lived in a haunted house, so to speak, because some of those issues we could never share what was going on inside of our household for us any of us to get healed. So I believe that that's why so many preachers' kids, when they leave the house, they go wild because you so much of who you are is suppressed because, you know, you are forced to be who the congregation wants you to be. So I don't I don't think it was, uh, I think it was a good training ground for life, but I, I don't know if I was spoiled and happy. I, and when I talk to a lot of my other friends who are preachers' kids, we all said the same thing, that it was it was very difficult because we had to share our fathers and our and our mothers with congregations, and sometimes you didn't get the parenting that you needed because our parents were so tired after leading the congregation that we we got leftover time and not the the, the critical time that we needed for our own lives. So I don't know. My experience as a PK I, I, um, is different. I don't I don't begrudge it, but yeah, I wouldn't say we were coddled at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, any comments, Nichelle? I'm just listening to the story right now. <laughs> okay, not a problem. And you um, mentioned you mentioned um, in, in in some of your comments in the beginning that you were you know you've dealt with some spiritual wounds and some things in your childhood. Would you like you know we like would you like to share some of that? Because um, one of the mantras of our mantra. For the man in the mirror is real people, real story, real overcomers. We're here now, you know, because we've overcame. So um, before we get into more of what you do, um, would you be uh, share some of your childhood drama or things that went on with you to, you know, help you along to where you are today? Oh, sure. I'll be happy to. I think what happens when – in all lives, in all families, is that our secrets make us sick. And some of the secrets that we had in our lives were that I had very young parents who did not have a lot of support from their parents, and so that we suffered from extreme poverty because back then the churches could not really sustain us in any um, manageable way. Um, and then we also had problems with alcoholism, not my parents, but also uh, not my parents personally, but the influence of our family. And so and anytime there's any type of alcohol involved, you know it does not bring the best situations for, for to raise children. So I think that was difficult. I think what also made it difficult is that we moved around a lot. 
uh, uh, after my father became part of the United Methodist Church, we would uh, live here for a year, live there for a year. And so as a result, there was no consistency to develop any types of roots. So what happens when you move around a lot, you become a shapeshifter. You you move and you develop all these personalities to fit. You go along to get along. So And as you continue to change who you are, you, you get further and further away from who you really are in your soul and your spirit. So that was difficult. I think one of the most challenging places in my life is that when I started feeling that what I was learning in church was not consistent to what I believed. And I had a, what I call a religious crisis. I think many times we are are taught a lot of tradition in the black church. And uh, sometimes the tradition is not the truth of who God is and, and how God shows up in our lives. And, and I think that when we start having our own understanding of who God is and our understanding is not consistent with the black church, you can be shunned and ostracized in ways that make you feel very disconnected, especially if your church is your surrogate family. So, um, I think all those things are important, and I think any time when a person has a spiritual crisis, you know, you, you know that it's going to be many times accompanied by a, an emotional crisis because our spirituality is connected to our, emotionality, uh, to our emotional health. So I think that was very difficult for, for most people, and even when I look at my clients, when they have some, some challenges around their spiritual life or, or their worthiness or feeling connected to God, it really affects them emotionally and any time they're affected emotionally affects their personal and professional lives. So I think those things are something that we have to really talk about. And, and, and I think that so many times the church has been a sacred cow that nobody wants to challenge because the church does a lot of good, but also the church does a lot of uh, hurt to people. It, uh, it allows or endorses a lot of hurt. And so I think that's one area that we as people have to challenge some of the traditions because some of the traditions that we learn in the church are not at all the truth. And you are 100% correct because there's one thing that we try not to talk about or don't want to discuss when it comes to church hurt because, you know, people don't realize churches are full of people. That's one thing we have to realize, that the church is full of people. The building isn't the church. The people are the church. So, and you mentioned, excuse me, I'm fighting a little cold, but that's okay. You mentioned (laughs) that um, you were um, just moving around a lot, and you call it um, um, shape-shifting, but it's almost like you had to be a chameleon as well. You had to fit in wherever you were at. You had to blend in, And and that can get to be tiring after a while because changing here, changing there, moving here, moving there, you're changing and shifting and trying to fit in wherever you go. And I think that's dangerous. I think many times when we have to keep shifting to try to fit into any type of role, any type of rubric, it teaches us not to trust our own truth. It teaches us not to trust our own soul and our own intuition. When we feel like we have to surrender who we are to fit into these paradigms, in these, in these myopic places that are too small for who we are, who God has created us to be. And I, and I think that's a challenge for most people. I think many times people are, are unhappy because they're trying to fit their big dreams and their big personalities and their big visions into small places, 
And then they feel emotionally and spiritually stagnant and suffocated in a way that they abandon their own truth, they abandon their own destiny. They downsize their dreams to fit into places that are too small. And so I think all of that, that blending is not good because I think at some point you forget who you are. And I, I love my pastor always says, you know, follow your, your conscience and not the crowd. But if you never have an opportunity to learn how to follow your conscience or to hear from your soul, you, you start to run your life by committee and not by your own conscience. And, and I think that's, that's a dangerous place, but I think that's a place that many people are, unfortunately, because we're conditioned to go along to get along versus to, go, versus to stand alone. Um, but I think a person who has the power and the courage to stand alone, those are the people who are happy because they're really following their own purpose and really following their own destiny as God has created them to be. And I think that, and I think the church and other social environments um, have to celebrate that, celebrate that people are, are individuals first um, and teach people that. And I think that's one of the challenges that I really love about my church. We, we talk about spirituality, but we also talk about the importance of therapy. Um, they say that they, those things can work together, and, and, I, and I think that some churches don't do that. They want to pray so many things away, which is great, but sometimes you need to process some of that pain, and you need to talk about some of that pain. You need to analyze mm-hmm. your life and just say, you know what, these people are good for me. These people are not good for me. These choices don't nourish me. These choices diminish me. But you have to be able to feel empowered to make those those choices in your life without feeling like you are not a, a, a Christian or you're abandoning God. And, and so I think that that's a fine line to how we teach people to be part of the community but still also follow their own conscience. And I think that's, that's the place where people find happiness when they can still be who they are but know that they don't have to surrender their soul to be part of a group. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, you're listening live with the Man of the Mirror with your host, Hezekiah uh, Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson. Um, we are having a wonderful discussion with Miss Sherrod Jamison. She is an author, a life coach. Uh, she's everything. She, she's an entrepreneur, speaker. She is everything, and we're just having a wonderful time. You can call in at 917-889-2271. Again, at 917-889-2271, or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the man and the mirror. <clears throat> and um, give us some of your how, – you know, how can some of our listening – or give us your contact information – um, for our listening audience, so you know, as we go on, they may want to contact you later or ch- um, check out your website. Oh, sure, thank you. They can go to www.sharonjamin.com. That's my website and has all my uh, contact information there. But also Facebook and Twitter, uh, everything is under my name, Sharon Jamison. Instagram, um, so I kept everything simple. You you know my name. You can find me in, in a variety of places. But they can also find me at our new website, uh, www.thestrengthofmysoul.com, and that's the website for the new anthology that was just released released a week and a half ago. 
and so people can contact me or, or connect with me at that place also. So I hope for people, I would love for people to connect with me, and and um, I always make sure and do my best to to answer every email and and every inbox. And so please connect with me, and and uh, it would be an honor to be able to. Uh, to engage in, in conversations or support their organizations or, how, or however I can support them in their own goals. So thank you for that. Oh, excellent. And um, you have an email address? Sure. They can email me at Sharon at SharonJameson.com. Excellent. So, yes, yeah, so there, there's no excuse, and we're going to put all that in <laughs> our um, – you know, there's no excuse. We're going to, you know, people say, well, I didn't get it. Well, we'll make sure we put it in our event page so they will have, you know, all, anywhere they need to contact you, they can get to you. Oh, thank <clears> you for that. I appreciate a, that. Thank you. Oh, that is fine. Um, give us some brief information before we, because we got, we got about, you know, a good 10 minutes before we go on break, and I want to start talking about um, strength of my soul. Yes. Well, I am just excited about The Strength of My Soul. It is an anthology, a collection of 27 stories from 27 women from all walks of life, uh, all ages, the faiths, colors, cultures, sexual orientations. And it is just a blessing to have this anthology because what it does is to show that the power of testimony. You know, in church, you know, as a, I, we grew up in what we call testimony services. You remember those days? Um, when oh, people yeah. would get up and, and share their perspectives and share how they had a breakthrough and not a breakdown. And, and I think in many ways, the, to me, the strength of our soul, of my soul, is, is a collective witness of the power of the human spirit to defy the odds and overcome insurmountable adversity but also about the power to create your life and to make choices that help people live life of abundance, however they define abundance. So I'm really excited about the anthology. Our youngest writer was four, it was 13 when she wrote her first story. She's 14 now. Our oldest mm. author would be 73. And, um, wow. and it was so important, yeah, a wide range, because we wanted to for any woman to pick up the book and to look at the cover and be able to connect with someone, uh, connect with someone based on who they were or how they present in the world, but also read the stories and be able to connect with a person's story. Because in The Strength of My Soul, Stories of Sisterhood, Triumph, and Inspiration, we deal with issues that affect all women. Um, We deal with issues, for example, about aging and taking care of our parents and accepting our children. We deal with challenges of being living in foster care, being molested, being raped. How do you heal from all that pain? How do you take that pain and transform it to power? We have a person who went to prison for 15 years, and how is she dealing with being labeled, and how is she trying to recreate her life in a way that, that honors her? Um, every type of experience. From being a mother, not being being a mother, not having kids, seeing we deal with grief, grief and death and dying and, and chronic illness, everything that women will face, unfortunately face or have faced faced in their life, we deal with that in that book from a place of of transparency, a, a place of great courage, 
and I'm really honored that the, the writers, the authors, poured out of their souls, and they, they laid it all on the table with one goal in mind, which was to inspire other women, to let people know, other women know, that you're not alone, that we, can, we have been there, done that, got the T-shirt, got the hat, and, that, and at the same time offer encouraging words so that people can understand that despite the struggles, that they still can be successful, that they have the power to be resilient, and that their wounds don't have to win in their life. So I'm really honored um, about the book, great authors. And um, and we have a, a variety of authors. Some people had already been authors and published other books. We have a lot of new authors, too, who, who have never published before. And so this book is a collection. It, it's, it's diverse in so many ways, and I'm just so honored because I believe that it shows that that it shows sisterhood, and, and which means to me that even though we're different in color, creed, culture, age, faith, belief, uh, sexual orientation, uh, language, that we all are still part of this human tapestry called humanity. And I'm just really grateful for their courage and grateful for their their witness. And I and I hope that women will get this book and and uh, really allow the, the stories to, to penetrate their hearts and their minds and their souls. And then tomorrow I will be releasing, not not I, but the, the authors, the co-authors, will be releasing um, a journal, a complimentary journal that we are providing for everybody who reads this book because we want to provide the book, but we also want to provide some type of journal with some questions to help people reflect on their own lives. Because many times, you know, it's good to read a story, but it's better to see the story and to see how the story provides application application or things that you can implement to make your life better. So that's going to be released tomorrow. So uh, please go to our website and to sign up on our mailing list, thestrengthinmysoul.com, because we definitely are going to uh, engage the audience and provide some support. Because this is not a book to us. To us, to the co-authors, this is a movement, a movement of healing, a movement of hope, a movement of elevation. And so I'm, I'm so grateful to talk about it. I'm so grateful for you sharing the platform with me, Hezekiah and Michelle, to talk about the book. And I hope people will get it And I'm, because I know the book, book will bless people. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And, um, uh, you know, you know, I'm trust me. I know about when you go through things, when you've been through life, when life has um, given you. We had a show like when life gives you lemons. What do you do? It is the devil's <laughs> yes. job. It is the devil's job, and I repeat that again for people that don't understand. When we go through, when we have one minister, but when we are slow, one minister, and I'm gonna have him on one day. Put him when we are slow walked into that trouble that we get ourselves into, and God allows it is that many people understand there is a way out. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. You don't always, you know, have to have a pity party. You don't always, you know, life does You don't always have to keep your head down. You can lift your head up and open up your word, talk to God, and talk to people like yourself and know that you don't always have to, that's just part of your story. Like you said, the testimony. We still do testimony in my church now, so you know, we, we have to testify because our pastor says if you don't have a test, 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 you won't have a testimony. Yes. That's the first part of 
the word testimony, there's test. So if you don't have a test in your life, pass or fail, you're going to go through. If you pass, hallelujah. But if you fail, you still you get out the mud, wash yourself off, put your suit on or your dress, and then you hold your head up high. <clears throat> and a lot of people don't know how to deal with that. And a book like your um, strength, strength of my soul, is an excellent way to say, "Hey, look, I don't have to stay where I'm at, but I can still move forward." I can turn around and move forward, hold my head up high, knowing that went through just made me the person I am today. Absolutely. I, I, I believe that all of us are shaped by our struggle anyway. I believe that our struggle shapes our minds and our spirits. Our struggle is what gives us resilience and tenacity. And I also believe that courage is something that we earn by life experiences, and and the more we celebrate those small wins and acknowledge the small wins that we have in our life, the more power we realize that we have and the more power that we realize that God has. So I, I think our struggle shapes us. I think that our problems in, uh, give us uh, power if we're able to sit back and extract the, 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 the lesson from the experience. I think that we are better for it, that we are more prepared to deal with the vicissitudes of life. So, you know, I, I know in my life sometimes, you know, I, I say I wish I would have grown up differently, but I would not take anything from my journey now, my, my journey of some hard knocks and some challenges, some, some pain, I think has helped me connect with so many people in, at the place of their pain. Because I think that people only heal when they understand that people have been there, that people have a sense of empathy, that people have some sense of reference point for from about what their experience is, and that they can walk through that healing journey with them from a place of power, but also from a place of knowing. And so um, I, I, I'm not going to say my life has been perfect, but I'm grateful that my life has been purposeful and that I can use every challenge every wound, every bad experience to to help heal not only me but also to continue to help in the healing of others. And so so I'm grateful. I'm just really grateful for for, for the challenges because only like you said, the test I have many testimonies. I have emotional testimonies, physical testimonies, financial testimonies. Um I have been tried and tempted but I am grateful that God has helped me be victorious and the times where I've stumbled I still receive blessings at the bottom, and um, and I'm and I, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that experience. Absolutely. You're listening live with Amanda Mara, with your host Hezekiah Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson, and we are listening to this fantastic lady who has stood the test of time, Miss Sharon Jamison. She is an author, entrepreneur. And speaker, she's a lady of many talents. And, uh, you know, I'm just enjoying this because she reminds me of myself. You know, we go through, but we don't stop. We keep going. We're like the ever-ready bunny rabbit. And I wanted to make this comment because it just came to me. One thing Satan doesn't want to do, Satan does not like anybody that just keeps getting back up. You know, he's mm-hmm. giving all he got. He's throwing those fiery darts. He's throwing all these tests. But he doesn't 
want us to get up. Mm-hmm. But then the scripture says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. So <clears throat> when we get into our word and the word says, count it up pure joy, I know we don't feel happy at the time. But when we really think about it, and like you said, when you really get through that test, you will have that testimony that is going to be meant for someone that comes along in your life. And you, you know, you use your testimony in your workshops and everything you do that draw women and probably men some, you know, because I know it's not just full of women. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. men hear this because they, we men need to hear these things too. You know, we go through as well. So sometimes they think it's always the women that men go through too. Absolutely. But we are at the halfway mark. We're going to take a little break. We're going to have a little word from our um, sponsors and, you know, of our show, our supporters, and then we'll be back. Um, A note from a few of our supporters, music instruction for our learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 888-501-8650, extension 780 to get an appointment to talk with our instructors. And please visit us on our new and improved website at www.mifalinc.org, www.mifalinc.org. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project and their website at www.curvyboss.com. And, Michelle, you want to give some more information about the Curvy Boss Project? Yes, Hezekiah Curvy Boss is still conducting a GoFundMe campaign to uh, do a full-figure women's calendar and also to do a mentoring program for our young Curvy Bosses. So you can find that on GoFundMe at Curvy Calendar or Curvy Boss Project. Thank you. Excellent, excellent, excellent. We're about to take our break, and we'll be back um, in a few minutes, you're listening live with the man in the mirror with your host, Hezekiah Montgomery, and co-host, Michelle Johnson.
We are back live with the man in the mirror with your host, Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and co-host, Michelle Johnson. We are having a fabulous conversation with Miss Sharon Jamison, our special guest this evening. She's an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and much, 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 much more. And she has a fantastic story. And if you would like to ask any questions, you can press number one on your phone if you have a question for our guest. Um, we, uh, and I'm hoping we can get her to come here to Baltimore sometime and do something special for um, some in the Baltimore area. But we just have to work that out. But, um, again, if you'd like to ask her a question, press number one on your phone, call in at 917-889-2271 or log in. I see someone in our guest room. Thank you for tuning in. I'm guest number 2644, <clears throat> and Michelle is monitoring the guest room. If you have any questions, you can place your questions in the guest room, or you can um, call in because we're having a great time um, with Miss Jameson, you know, because she just released a book a week and a half ago, and she told us about the anthology titled Strength of My Soul, which is a collection of stories from women who have went through struggles from, if I'm correct, the ages of almost 13 at the youngest to the oldest, of which is 74. So I'm impressed with that because we do have some young authors out there, and we have to actually inspire, we have to push, we have to push our young ladies, not just the young ladies, but our young people, but if they have something inside of them, to do it. And so, again, we're just having a great time with Miss Jamison because she's sharing with us her story, with you know, that made her or push her to do what she's doing today. And while while we have a pause, I just wanted to ask Miss Sharon. Oh, now you want to say something. Yeah, <laughs> make me do all the work for a half hour, but that's all right. You act like you don't know me. I like to listen first before I ask questions. But not when I was listening to you, you tell your story, and then also, you know, from looking at your website and information that you have out there, uh, it, what you do is because I was kind of laughing because Hezekiah kept saying, and much, 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 much more. I was like, he is absolutely right. There's so much <laughs> to do. <laughs> and and <Thank> also, just, <laughs> it's just a wide variety of people that you impact. I said, okay, I'm seeing corporate. I see couples. I see, you know, the anthology with the, with the women. I, you know, and then when you were talking about, you know, spiritual, um, I guess, like, uh, advisement, you know, because of your background and where you're at now. And then also when I was listening to you, it's more of a, I guess, a human kind of thing. Like, I'm I'm trying to relate to you as a human, not just as, you know, a child of God necessarily because we experience things in the natural, which I thought was all excellent. But I was like, wow, it's just so much. But I was wondering, like, do you, I guess do you have a central theme 
or uh, something that I guess God laid on your heart that started you on this journey, like, you know, a central thing that, that he put in you to do or to help other people to accomplish, I was, you just do so much. And I was just wondering, you know, is, is it all leading back to just this thing that God has set you forth to do? Sure. What a good question. I think my the common thread I don't care if you're working one-on-one or with an organization or a community of faith, healing. And, and, and the healing might look different, but I think the healing is to me around giving people the ability to understand what's important to them and giving them the ability to speak up for themselves so that they can be who they really are. I think any time that we become imposters. I don't care if it's in the community of faith, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our jobs. When we have to live a lie and carry that lie and to perform based on that lie, we start to chip away at our own self-esteem. And the central thing, the central thread of healing is important because our life bleeds in different areas. So if you are having, for example, a problem with your marriage, it's going to affect you at work. If you have a problem at work, it's going to affect you at home. If you have a problem emotionally, it's going to affect your ability to connect with God. Or if you don't understand God, it's going to leave you really without a, a, a source of power or a source of feeling anchored. So I think the central theme is, is the same. It's about how do I teach people to understand their voice? How do I teach people to listen with empathy, how do I teach people to communicate in their own voice? Don't be a parrot and say what people want you to say or what you have been conditioned to say. Speak your truth. I think those things, those qualities, those needs supersede any type of background. I think uh, any type of environment, I think they're consistent because the same problems that I see in corporate America about people being able to work together and to to listen to each other and be patient with each other and honor diversity is the same things that happens in people's marriages when they can't listen to each other and honor the diversity and be empathetic. And many times, even if people can't give that to their partners, they can't give it to themselves. They can't be empathetic and listen to themselves. So those same key skills that we need to help us not only connect with ourselves, but to connect to each other and connect to God are the same skills. We just put different names on it based on the environment. But the common thread is, who do I say I am? Do I feel worthy? And if I don't feel worthy, how can I heal myself so that I can show up fully in my life, emotionally, spiritually, socially, professionally, intellectually? How can I show up fully as who God has made me be in every aspect of my life. And I think that's the common thread. And that's why I I work in different types of environments. But I think it helps also that I have my past, that I am in corporate America still, that I am a business owner, and that I am a minister. And, and, and that's why I think gives me the opportunity to, to step back. And I see that common thread, that, that, that commonality despite the situation. And so I think when you speak to the common thread, and help people to stand in their power, honor their truth, help people to listen to their gut, it really affects them in every aspect of their lives. And that's when people can feel in harmony with who they are. And then many people, when they feel harmonious, 
they feel whole, they feel healthy, then people usually feel happy. I don't care where they are. So I think that's the commonality. Um, it's, it's not. It, I don't think what I teach is, is environment-specific. I think it's human, a human connection. Because even though we, we connect with everybody, many times people are, don't have the skills to connect in ways that are meaningful or in ways that, um, that they can handle conflicts from a place of, of connection. Wow. I love that answer. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the things you were saying, you were talking about the communication, which is which is just a huge one, um, you know, and ev- like you said, in every aspect, whether it's personal, business, uh, even your, you know, spiritual connection, even being able to communicate with God, if you're just not, not a good communicator, you know, it it really affects you. So I I think that definitely is something, you know, that a lot of people uh, struggle with and and definitely need help with. And when I was listening to you, the only word that kept ringing in my ear with what you were just saying is um, authenticity. Absolutely. Yes, being the authentic you. So that's that's absolutely great. And uh, I... Just what you do, it is amazing. I sometimes I say this, but some some of the guests that we have, is, and I am not being, you know, I'm not being phony by saying this, but some of the guests that we have, when I when I look, because I like to go and look at all the information, you know, people have out there. Some of the guests that we have are just just really just amazing, you know what what they do, and and you are certainly that, and and I just. Um, applaud you for walking in your purpose that God has given you and being a blessing to so many people, being able to cross over all those different areas and just be a blessing to those people. That is is truly uh, a gift, and it's from God. So I just applaud you for that. Oh, thank you so much. That really makes my heart sing, so thank you so much for saying that. I I think something that really comes to my mind, and I don't care what environment people are in, people are looking for three things. Visibility, do you see me? Value, feeling valued, am I important? And then validated, do I have a place in your life? So if you can answer those three questions, give people visibility, value, and feeling validated, I don't care what environment. I think people will blossom and people will develop into their higher self. And uh, so I think that that's, that's my, my mission, that's my goal. And I'm really grateful that I still am able to have my, my hands in different types of environments because it, it lets me bring all of those experiences into a coaching session so I just don't talk about ministry. I can talk about what it means to own a business and be an entrepreneur, what it means to be in corporate America and have to – to function in that setting as a woman and as a black woman at that. What is, how does racism and sexism rear its ugly head? And because racism and sexism affects your spirit also. Everything that we go through in life is more connected than we realize. We like to try to compartmentalize it, and we like to think in silos. But anything that threatens our ethos, our, our sense of self, I don't care if it's personal or professional, affects us and it has the tendency to bleed into every aspect of our lives. And so uh, I'm so glad that I get to be here, and I'm so glad that you said that, sis. It, uh, 
it, it really makes my heart sing. It lets me know to keep on, keep it on. Because it's not always easy for me either. Sometimes I feel like, God, is what I'm doing, is it matter? It, 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 does it matter? Is this is this what you want me to do? And, and sometimes, you know, I think sometimes the motivator needs to be motivated. And this, you did that for me right now, Michelle. So thank you so much for that. My pleasure. My pleasure. I just want to remind everybody, uh, you are listening to The Man in the Mirror with our guest, Sharon Jameson. And uh, we have about 10, actually less than 10 minutes to go. And if you want to ask a question or make a comment, please feel free to press the number one. For those in our NB queue, please feel free to press the number one, and you'll be added to the queue to ask a question or make a comment. And for those of you who are listening online, if you want to make a comment, dial in 917-889-2271 and dial the number one, again, on your keyboard, on your, sorry, not your keyboard, (laughs) on your phone. And uh, you'll be put into the queue. Uh, oh, and I said that, and it actually looks like we have a caller who would like to ask a question. Uh, we are going to get caller your number ending in six four five six. Again, caller ending in six four five six. You are live on the Man in the Mirror. Good evening. Um, this is Nicole Varner, and I want to say. Um, Good evening to everyone and blessings to Reverend Sharon. I do have a question for her um, regarding her chapter in the in the anthology where she speaks about um, bullying, and I would like to know her perspective on bullying uh, in in this day and age, given that uh, there's a lot of cyberbullying going on, not just among our young people, but among adults too, and how. People become so disconnected um, from their humanity because of uh, technology, and so they feel that uh, they can bully people uh, via technology. And I'd just like to know uh, her perspective on that. Hi, Nicole. Nicole is an amazing photographer. I know her personally and also an amazing author. She's one of the co-authors in The Strength of My Soul, so just an amazing human being. So thanks so much for that question. I think the challenge with bullying, cyberbullying, is that we have, in this age, lost the ability to have empathy. And anytime people become apathetic, they lose their ability to understand the impact of their behavior on others. They lose that ability to connect with somebody else's pain. And we, we find that many times people are so unhappy that, they use the, the the social media as a way to beat up on people because they really are people who cyberbullying are really whips in, in themselves. They don't have the power to speak their truth. They don't have the power to stand in their power and to speak to people face-to-face. So many times there are whips who hide behind the computers and emails and blogs, posts, because they, they really don't have the power to, to be authentic and to be transparent because they are in pain themselves. What I have learned about people, because believe me, I have read many bad things about me also, is that many times, you know, I love that old saying that hurt people hurt people. And I think right now we have a, so many generations of people who, who are in pain, people, one, who don't have a higher power, people who were not nurtured 
people who don't have healthy relationships because they don't know how to have healthy relationships, people who um, have been conditioned to hate themselves and to hate other people. And as a result, they have become very apathetic and negative. And this is something to, to remember. When people don't feel accepted by the, by the majority, they become and they feel like they are an outcast. They find ways to fight back. And they find ways to fight back in ways that that they still have some type of anonymity and protection. And that's when we see a lot of bullying. What I will offer to people who are the, the object of that is to understand that you're dealing with people who are sick in their souls, people who are emotionally weak, people who are intellectually fragile, and to consider the source. And so... Sometimes I see things about me that I'm thinking, who are they talking about? That's not me. But I remember that these people don't have the capacity to understand what they're doing, and they don't have the capacity mm-hmm. to understand all of who you are. And any time a person cannot understand who they are and who you are, you can always anticipate that they will uh, interact with you from their lowest self, which is their the malicious, um, negative, pessimistic self, and we have a lot of people who are, are what I call doing some low-level functioning in the world. When they're functioning, they're operating totally out of their pain, totally out of feeling disconnected and disengaged from society, and also feeling very disconnected from God. And and um, and I think anytime you feel disconnected from God and disconnected from other people and disconnected from yourself, that you you have nothing to help you show up as few as fully human. And, and and that's why some people, I believe, succumb to what I call low-level functioning and low-level living, and it's really unfortunate. Thank you for that. Wow. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it, Nicole. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, Nicole, for joining us on The Man in the Mirror. Thank you. That was, uh, that was really – I was listening to that, and I was we were talking about cyberbullying – on uh, another show that uh, I'm on, and, you know, it it does, it comes in all forms, you know, whether it's, you know, family members, because I've, I've personally experienced that, like family members, and then even strangers, um, you know, when they just uh, attack you personally and things like that. So that that is your uh, perspective on that was just, very interested, and I've never heard anybody explain it like that. So that gave me a lot of insight as well. Yeah, I think it's so important. That's why I think this is a good example to to show why healing is so important. Because many times when people are emotionally strong, they can withstand assaults from fools, right? They They can withstand belligerence if they know who they are and they know who they are. And and but that healing that that healing that lets you know emotion and spiritually that keeps you balanced that keeps you healthy that is so critical to having a life that's meaningful and that's why the emotion and spiritual parts of yourself are very connected and that's why it's important to when people feel that they are not operating in their full power. They, it's important to kind of think about that. What can I do to make myself whole? What's hurting me? What, what's hindering mm-hmm. me from being my best self? And if, I think when we heal the emotional, spiritual wounds, we, we start to have um, the foundation 
to handle assaults and put assaults in, in their proper perspective, which is just people uh, being a fool, but however, you don't have to be foolish and, and engage with them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That that was really great. Uh, again, we are like down to the last minute. That went really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, and uh, we. Uh, I'm gonna throw it back to Hezekiah because we're on the last minute, so I don't want to say anything else. <laughs> Not a problem. You did your job. You, you know, you made up for the first half hour. But anyway, um, but anyway, Miss Jamison, we definitely appreciate you coming on the Man in the Mirror, and for all of you who have been listening in, and for um, the special um, the call that called in and. Talk, um, talk to and ask a question. Um, this has been a wonderful interview. And now, and I can always say that uh, Ms. James, Sharon Jamison is now part of the Man in the Mirror family. Yes. If you guys, uh, <laughs> if you guys have any more questions for her, um, we'll have that in, a, as Michelle's been posting in the event page. Her information will be there. Um, you can go to my website at com and just peruse and just, you know, check it out. Um, I'm actually working on a new one, so that will be up within the next month, and we'll be putting a lot of these episodes on there as well. And um, again, this has been a wonderful and excellent interview. Again, Ms. Sharon, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for just coming on and sharing your story um, with us. And again, this is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off. And as always, we'll see you at the Mirror. Thank you. I appreciate you for sharing with me. Thanks so much to both of you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Have a good evening and thanks again, okay? Thank you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.